Hi, I'm Emily Duncan Wilson, and I'm one of the producers of Classical Sprouts. If you love this podcast, please donate to help Sprouts continue to grow. Go to classicalsprouts.org slash donate. Thanks! Dramatic stories, excitable audiences, intimate dances, and an accordion that has randomly organized buttons. We're dancing and playing tangos today with the musical group Quit Tango today on... Classical Sprouts! Welcome to Classical Sprouts, the awesome classical music podcast for kids. I'm Kate Botello, hola, and today we're going to talk about tango music with our guest, the musical ensemble, Quintango. <laughs> but first, let's start with a Quizlet question. The tango is a dance and musical style that originated and is still popular in Argentina, but what is the most popular sport in Argentina? What is Argentina's most popular sport? Stick around. We'll give you a hint along the way, and we'll tell you the answer at the end of the show. I'm here in the studio with the musical group Quintango, a Virginia-based chamber tango ensemble. They describe themselves as a quintet of top-notch female chamber musicians and their crackerjack bandoneon player. This is tango like you've never imagined it. Classical chops, jazz, harmonies, and intimate arrangements. My name is Allie, and I play the bass. My name is Susanna, and I play the cello. I'm Freya, and I play the violin. Julie, piano. Hola, this is Emma. I play bandoneon. And I'm Joan. I play the violin. The group is called Quintango, but there are six of you. Isn't it normally a quintet with a quintango? Absolutely. You've figured out what we are. Five people who play tango. And then something miraculous happened. In 2019, we had the opportunity to change the personnel in our group. And we decided at that moment that a really good thing would be to bring our usual guest artist, Emmanuel Trefilio, bandoneon player extraordinaire, into our group as a permanent member. Now we were faced with a choice. Are we going to continue to be quintango or are we going to be sextango? And we decided that <laughs> quintango was a much better choice. So. <laughs> What is the tango? What is it? I always, I keep the idea that tango is intimacy. That's kind of the, the main thing. If you think about dancing tango, there's something on the embrace beyond the steps that you can do. You can do the steps with many music, but there's something in the embrace. There used to be a logo in Buenos Aires that it goes four legs, one heart, I mean, in that embrace, there's something really powerful. And when you play the music the way we, we play, we try to be, yes, as close, as tight, and as deep as possible. Mm -hmm. 
But it's not just the idea of intimacy. At its core, tango is both a musical style and a dance that originated in Argentina in the 1800s. It was influenced by other music and dance styles, such as Spanish flamenco, milonga, and polka. And it was played and danced by a wide range of communities, giving the dance and music a wide variety of styles within its genre. It's known as an emotional and dramatic musical style, and Sprouts, you will see why today as we listen to Quintango talk about it and play for us. I just love the tango, and this music has both really big heart and really sharp teeth, sometimes in the same piece. Typical tango ensembles consist of violins, a double bass, pianos, and sometimes guitars, vocalists, or even sometimes wind instruments. But what makes a tango sound like a tango is the bandoneon. You play the bandoneon? What is it? Who knows? <laughs> Some but, of our listeners have never seen one before. Yes, uh, I always start uh, teaching how to pronounce it. Guys, two words. First, band and then onion. Bandonion. So that's the way to, to pronounce it in English. In Spanish, we say bandoneon. And it's a German in instrument that for some reason it came to Buenos Aires and Montevideo in the beginning of 20th century. And suddenly, almost from the beginning, it was part of this new music called tango. And on the other hand, you know, we, we cannot think one thing or the other. You know, you cannot think tango without bandoneon or bandoneon without tango. And it's a beautiful instrument. It was intended to be like a portable organ in Europe and ended up being the king of disco clubs. And on a technical level, it's similar to an accordion, but it does not have keys, right? It's all buttons. It's all buttons. Uh, yes, one of the differences with the accordion is that it has two different keyboards. Uh, the order of the keys really random, and opening and closing, you have different pitch on each key. So that makes it a little bit... Yeah, people say that whoever studies bandoneon gets crazy. Another thing to think about with, with tango is that all, all of these pieces that we play are narrative. They all have stories, and a good story is not just a happy story. There's always a confrontation in it. There's always a resolution. There's always more than just the happy ending. And I think that the stories are our 
musically and verbally are our connection with the audience and they're the the threads that that enable us to do the community building that really is at the heart of our group that we are trying to find the things that bind us together and we can do that through the stories through the stories that we have already in our tangos and the stories that people tell us that then become the tangos that Emma and Allie write So the piece that I wrote uh, is called Aspiration. One of the relationships we have is with a halfway house in Alexandria. And these are young women who have spent time in the prison system and who are out now and uh, coping with that and just going through life. And so over the pandemic, and instead of the usual program that we would have had, they had a poetry workshop. And some of these women got together and wrote poems and there was one that was sent to us called Aspiration, written by six women. And um, I took it and I, I turned it into a tango that we could share with them and share with everyone. And I tried to use the, the meaning behind their words as much as I could empathize and the rhythm of their words and tried to make a, make a tango out of it. break, make sure to follow us and rate us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you always know when a new episode is available and so more sprouts like you can find out about us and start tangoing along with us. Stick around, sprouts. We'll see you right after the break. Hi, I'm Keith Brown, and I'm the host of Gameplay, Every week on the show, I celebrate the amazing world of video game music with everything from beloved classics to brand new soundtracks. You can stream episodes at our website, GameplayShow.org. I hope you'll join me for this adventure. beginning of the episode, I asked you, what is the most popular sport in Argentina, the home of the tango? Well, here's a hint. It's played on a field called a pitch, and some different plays are called the knuckle shot or the flying volley. Any guesses? Stick around for the end of the show, and we'll tell you the answer. Before the break, we met the members of Quintango, learned about what a tango is, and listened to and talked about the bandoneon, or bandonion. Now it's time to get into the rhythms and the structures of what makes a tango a tango. We're talking about the relationship between the dance and the music, that four legs, one heart. But let's even talk, even on the basic bones, of what makes a tango. And does it just follow that basic pattern of ba is that what we're talking about in terms of the Latin dance? There? Well, you can find that rhythm in a milonga, but you don't find it in necessarily in a tango. So there are different rhythms that go on. That is a really interesting thing. Can we talk a little bit about that? Uh, Spanish dances all tend to have a rhythm that goes with them. 
Yes, one th one important thing that I usually try to highlight is that if you think in Latin American music, you're gonna picture right away percussion instrument of, uh, and the tango is one of the few genre and music expression which do not have percussion on on it. So every one of us has to provide a sense of rhythm that makes the people dance. I know you mentioned there's no percussion, but I hear a lot of percussion coming from your bows, for instance. And then, of course, there's the whole piano as a percussion instrument. We can talk about that in a minute. But let's talk about the bows first. Can you talk about how you create percussion? Sure. Um, there are some really wonderful moments that I would say stray from the traditional classical technique with our bows, where we get to turn and hit um, at least the bass does quite often, hit the string and the fingerboard with the stick and within specific patterns that you'll hear. And um, there's also a technique that the bass uses um, that gets a lot of grit in the sound, and that's very percussive, and we need that for especially the 4-4 four, four times. And it has to do with using the bow vertically as well as horizontally. Let's talk about the piano yes, as a let's. percussion instrument here, yeah, too. Um, there's a technique called the shumba, which uh, it's a little onomatopoeic, I feel, but you uh, sort of get to, this is so much fun, you get to lift your hand up and then sort of just smack a bunch of low keys in the register. It's like, and it sort of matches what the bass is doing at the same time. And um, we get to actually also just use the bodies of our instruments, just tapping. We stomp our feet a lot, and it's just a lot of a lot of fun to to incorporate the different rhythms and uh, use our instruments creatively. also asked the members of Quintango what their favorite part of playing tangos or being in the group was, and we got a few similar answers. Check this out. For me, it's after the concert. It's the feeling at the end of the show when we've gotten to go through all of this music together and connect with the audience, and then further when we're talking to people after the show, hearing what they thought, their stories, how they took it in and what they did with it. That's, that's my favorite part. Each audience also gives us back different energy. They respond to different things. They like the soulful part. They love the energy, uh, the energetic pieces part. And so we also build on that. And so each time it's a different journey and a different, you know, set list. It, it just uh, brings us in a different sort of wave. And I just love that experience every time. I just never really had 
this strong of a reaction um, from an audience before. Um, you know, when you play concerts, it's really hard to feel that you said something. It's hard to feel that you made an impact. Um, you know, even if it seems like people enjoyed it, you never really know. But here it couldn't be more obvious how how much people love it and love this kind of music. I think what people are drawn to, um, partly because we're able to be so fluid and flexible in our playing, is the honesty that comes across from our playing. As Julie said, every time we play, it's different. And every time we play, it's honest to where we are in that moment as individuals and as, as an ensemble. And I really love that about playing in the group. Um, my favorite thing is chocolate. <laughs> one way that they connect with audiences is by playing one specific, very famous tango at the end of each concert. La Comparsita, which of course is probably the most famous tango from Uruguay, written in, I think, 1916. And it was a piece that we played for many years in a fairly standard arrangement. And then Emmanuel, as a gift to the group, said, we need a better arrangement. And he arranged one that shows everybody's fortes. Now, I know that is uh, often used as the last tango of the night. Okay, we're done. Get out. Is that what you do at the end of your concerts? Do you play that last? Well, on this tour, we are actually playing it last because it's a good piece to end with, and everybody knows it. Quintangle, thank you so much for joining us here at Interlochen Public Radio. All righty, Sprouts. At the beginning of the episode, I asked you what the most popular sport in Argentina is. And I told you it's played on a field that's called a pitch. And you could do something called a knuckle shot or a flying volley while playing. I'll give you another hint. There are 11 players on the field and you kick a ball with your foot. You think you know? The answer is desk roll, please. Sucker! Or as they call it in Argentina, football or football. Quintango even has a youth program called Tango Soccer, where they teach sprouts like you both tango and soccer through fancy foot moves and teamwork. All righty, Sprouts, thank you so much. Muchísimas gracias for tangoing with me today and our amazing guest, Quintango. We've got some more fun facts about tangos, bandoneons, Quintango, and more on our website at classicalsprouts.org. So be sure to check us out there and follow us on Instagram at Classical Sprouts. We even have pictures from when they visited us in the studio. We share things there that we don't cover on the podcast, and we have more quizzes and polls and more, so make sure to check us out. 
This episode of Classical Sprouts was written and produced by Emily Duncan Wilson with support from Amanda Sewell. Our digital content manager is Casey Brown. Our recording engineer is Stefan Wiebe. Big thanks to the members of Quintango for joining us on this episode. I'm Kate Botello. Adios. Thank you.